This is the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Turn up the volume and spice up that eggnog. It's not Santa coming to town. Oh, oh, don't! Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. It is Thursday, Friday Eve we call it. It is the 14th day of December 2023. A little under the weather today, the sinuses are just killing me, but we'll try and trudge right on through and we'll get right into the headlines that are making news today. Boston City Hall mistakenly sends out electeds of color party invitation to the entire council. Now, if I sent a whites-only invitation out to the white members of the city council, there would be calls for me to be hanged in the public square until I'm dead, dead, dead. But a Boston City Hall official accidentally sent out invitations to an exclusive race-based holiday party intended for only, quote, electeds of color, unquote. But they sent that to the entire city council, which has some white folks on it. Michelle Dos Santos is the Director of City Council Relations under Democratic Mayor Michelle Wu. She intended to invite six council members of color and a guest for each of those to an event hosted by the mayor on Wednesday. Oops! The email went council-wide, prompting an apology for the error in a follow-up email 15 minutes later. The city council consists of six colored folk and seven white folk. Now, colored could be Hispanic, Black African American, Asian, Native American. They just didn't want nasty-ass white people at their party. That's all that is. I don't need no nasty-ass white people at our holiday party. Dos Santos wrote, according to the Boston Herald, quote, I want to apologize for my previous email regarding a holiday party for tomorrow. I did send that to everyone by accident, and I apologize if my email have, may have offended or came across as so. Sorry for any confusion this may have caused. No apology for sending out a race-based, black, brown-skin-only invitation. No apology to the whites for deliberately, intentionally, willfully, and purposefully excluding them from a holiday party. Council member Frank Baker, who is white, called the email divisive and unfortunate. He said he was not offended by being excluded, but not did not consider the invitation a good move given recent tension amongst the city council. Baker said, I don't really get offended too easily. To offend me, you're going to have to do much more than not invite me to a party. I find it unfortunate that with the temperature the way it is, that we would further the division. Elected officials of color defended the event, however, claiming that the elected officials of color group had been around for more than a decade. So they admit of racism for over 10 years. They admit to racist behavior. They said it's been around for more than a decade and that the city council makes spaces for all kinds of groups. Let me stop before I continue with this article. Can I invite only the white council people to a party of councillors of Caucasian? Wouldn't that be seen as exclusive, racist, excluding, bigoted, white supremacist? Councillor Tania Ferrandez Anderson, a black woman, told DeSantos in an email that she shared with her colleagues, quote, 
your email should not offend anyone and there is absolutely no confusion just like there are groups that meet based on shared interests or cultural backgrounds it's completely natural for elected officials of color to gather for a holiday celebration many groups celebrate and come together in various ways it's not about excluding anyone instead it's about creating spaces for like-minded individuals to connect and to support each other the city mayor's office said the event was just one of many holiday parties happening this month and that the holiday party is a tradition but the host and location change every year. Wu is an Asian American woman and was asked to host the celebration this year that deliberately, purposefully excluded the white people. Oh my God. And they're condoning it. Not only condoning it, they're saying it should be acceptable. I would love to see a whites only city council holiday party and not invite the mayor and not invite the blacks or the Hispanics or the other Asians and see how the news headlines would handle it. NBC News's Gabe Gutierrez writes along with five other writers. It took five people to write an article entitled Title 42 on Steroids, Democrats Consider Expanding Migrant Detention and Deportation in Order to Pass Ukraine Aid. Before I get into this too deeply, I want you to know this is all a plot to get more of your tax dollars to pay the hush money to Volodymyr Zelensky in the Ukraine, number one. But number two, and more subversive, they're trying now to cater to, to pander to the independent voters in the country and maybe some Republicans who might be leaning a little bit to the left. Look, Joe Biden's finally doing something on the border and it's a good thing. Let's reelect Joe Biden. That's all this is about. Hush money for Ukraine and trying to garner some votes for Joe Biden. Democrat lawmakers and White House people are considering giving the administration new powers to expel migrants from the country as part of an immigration overhaul in an attempt to satisfy Republicans who are currently blocking the hush money, I'm sorry, aid to Ukraine. The sources say that significant expansion of migrant detention and deportation is on the table should have been on the table day one when this clown Biden took office. He's so worried because people are leaving the Democrat Party in droves and people do not support Joe Biden. Cheyenne Daniels writes in The Hill, Arab and Muslim Americans could abandon Biden and the Democrats. Alarms are growing louder for Democrats over the potential that Muslim Americans and Arab Americans will not vote Democrat and will indeed shun Gropey Joe Biden and the entire Democratic Party ticket next November. Muslim and Arab Americans have expressed growing anger over Biden's handling of the Israel-Hamas war. Keep doing it. Just keep on supporting Israel. That's what your duty is, Mr. Biden. State of the Union's Andy Sanders writes, Biden administration appears oblivious amid a radical green agenda push. We've been saying that for a long time. This lie of green this and green that and climate change this and global warming that finally coming home to roost. People don't believe the lies anymore, Joe Biden. News Nation's Al Weaver writes, pressure grows on Biden to override Senate Democrats on the border. Republicans in the U.S. Senate are warning the only way Biden will get another $61 billion of your tax money 
for Ukraine is if he overrides Senate Democrats and agrees to border security reforms that substantially reduce the influx of illegal, criminal, law-breaking, invading migrants into our country. Mitch McConnell said negotiations on the border security have stalled because it's been difficult to get the kind of support out of the administration itself. It's because Joe Biden wants those Democrat votes. He needs those Democrat votes. And that's why he's importing those Democrat votes over the southern border. Tiana Dosher writes in the Washington Examiner, average people are ticked off that Bidenomics has made them poorer. As a branding exercise, Bidenomics has proven a total bust. House Democrats have abandoned the moniker as they begin to campaign for the 2024 election, distancing themselves from the name Bidenomics and Biden as much as possible. Biden can say that inflation is slowing, the rate of inflation is slowing, but he created the inflation to begin with. It's like saying, hey, look, I just took all the graffiti off of the wall. Doesn't the building look great? And your mother says, but you put the graffiti on the wall to begin with. And I don't like the color that you repainted. That's what Biden has done. That's what Bidenomics has done. They destroyed the economy, hurt every single citizen in the United States in the pocketbook. And now that they've put a few pennies back into the piggy bank, they want you to think they've done something wonderful. We have nowhere near recovered from Bidenomics, Bidenflation, Biden's high interest rates. It is what it is, and that, my friends, is a shame. If you ask the average American right now, what are the top five issues that they find to be the most dangerous facing the U.S., common sense would say the high crime rate, the southern border disaster allowing tens of millions to cross illegally, many of whom are probably terrorists. Number three, the impending next terrorist attack in our country. Number four, the drug overdose epidemic. And number five, probably, and it's synonymous with number one, gun violence. According to Basil Neal, Joe Biden doesn't think any of those things are the most dangerous threat facing the United States of America. Joe Biden ignited controversy amongst conservative Twitter users with his remarks about white supremacy being, quote, the most dangerous terrorist threat, unquote, in the United States. He made those statements while pandering to black African-American 13% hyphenated minority college students at Howard University. Biden's critics accuse him of stoking continuous racial tension in the nation with these very divisive comments. We just talked about a we don't want white people at the Christmas party for the city council of Boston, Massachusetts. Who's stoking racial tensions, Mr. Biden? Washington Examiner's Paul Bedard writes, Biden border crisis, 13 million illegal immigrants now in the U.S.? 13 million? Where are you getting that number from? Barack Hussein Obama on his first year in office admitted there were 11 million here. Joe Biden has allowed over 2 million a year on each of his three years so far. That we caught, that we know of, that we apprehended. As President Joe Biden's open border policies prompt daily stadium-sized lines of immigrants seeking entry from Mexico into the U.S., thousands more are crossing undetected. A new estimate this week puts the growing population of gotaways at a sky-high 13 million, more than the population of every state except for four of them. Texas, California, New York, 
and Florida. These are just 13 million that got away since Joe Biden took office. Wow, they're admitting to 13 million gotaways, plus at least 6 million who have crossed that we've encountered. That's just about 20 million right there, Mr. Biden. The new estimate was provided at a conference held this week. The new census-based report shows that there are almost 50 million foreign-born citizens in the country, far more than previously expected by the government, and likely driven by a spike in the Biden administration-approved immigrants currently flooding into the country. My friends, you white folks, you're going to be the minority before you know it, if you're not already. Julia Johnson writes in the Washington Examiner, Democratic state lawmaker invited to Kamala Harris's home says she won't vote for Harris or gropey Joe Biden. The Democratic state representative says she won't be voting for either one of them. She was invited to a Harris holiday party. Delaware State Representative Medina Wilson Anton told Politico, if the election was today, I wouldn't be voting for Biden. Ms. Wilson Anton is a Muslim American and the first to be elected to the Delaware General Assembly. She is vocal in her opposition to the Biden administration's so-called role in the Israel-Hamas war. That's good. Keep on keeping on. I hope you all defect away from the Democrat Party. Daily Mail writes, Biden considering expelling migrants without asylum screening? He called that racist and xenophobic when Donald Trump considered doing it, but now he wants to do it and it's okay? Double standard. Let's switch gears here to Camel Toe Harris. Kamala Harris's new campaign spokesman called for defunding the police and packing the Supreme Court. A former top Hillary Clinton campaign staffer who was most recently the head of the far-left judicial advocacy group behind the court-packing push, tweeted in support of defunding the police, is now the lead communications person for Vice President Camel Toe Harris. Well, well, well told you guys it's all this wonderful wonderful plot to destroy our democracy cnbc's rebecca picciato writes too many things unaffordable biden fires up price wars as inflation cools the inflation rate cooled not inflation itself everything is still a minimum uh, average of 17 percent higher under biden don't fall for the lies Jordan Andrews writes in the publication State of the Union, Biden blasted after refusing to take responsibility for economic downfall. Because he's a Democrat, he'll never take the blame for the damage he created and caused and perpetuates. Claire O'Hare writes in State of the Union, Trump prosecutor Fannie Williams under investigation for allegedly colluding with the January 6th committee. Told you guys, this is all one big giant witch hunt. They're all getting together. They're all working together to try and keep Donald Trump from running once again. House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan and GOP Rep Barry Loudermilk have initiated an inquiry into the Fulton County, Georgia DA Fannie Williams over potential collusion with the House Select Committee that investigated the January 6th Capitol incident. They're seeking all documents and communication between Willis's office and the January 6th panel concerned about politically motivated persecution and prosecution of former President Donald Trump. This article goes on and on and on. Needless to say, there will probably not be much that comes of this because Biden's Department of Justice, well, they let them get away with anything. Let's see, the federal government can't bribe you to stop driving your gasoline-powered car, 
They keep making up lies that supposedly me driving the old F-250 is causing global warming. They called it global cooling in the 70s, global warming in the 80s, climate change in the 90s, then back to global warming, and now they're calling it man-caused climate change. The chief scientist from the World Health Organization has reported that dengue fever is expected to have a massive impact in Europe, the US, and new regions in Africa within the next 10 years. It's carried by mosquitoes, which are projected to be affected by rising global temperatures, driving those nasty insects into territories where they've not previously been prevalent. Now, it's the mosquitoes. Global warming mosquitoes. They will say and do anything to keep you and I from driving our cars. Hey, speaking of cars, first Biden-funded electric car charging station finally opened, and it opened in Ohio. After more than two years have passed since Gropey Joe allocated $5 billion for a nationwide network of taxpayer-funded electric vehicle charging stations, We've looked high, we've looked low, east, west, north, south, center. We finally found one. It finally opened in Ohio last week on Friday. The Biden administration is calling this a huge step towards their goal of boosting the adoption of electric vehicles. But the pace and lack of progress raises concerns about the reality of achieving these bogus EV targets. The importance of convenient, Reliable, fast chargers along major highways cannot be overstated, the White House says. Stop. Stop. If we weren't trying to ram electric vehicles down people's throats and up their poopers, we wouldn't need fast, reliable, convenient chargers along major highways. The government's efforts to supply these essential charging stations has been moving at slower than a snail's pace. The so-called 2021 infrastructure law introduced the National Electric Vehicle Infrastructure Program to be administered by the Federal Highway Administration. It was intended to distribute funds to all 50 states to build fast charging stations near federal highways that were designated as alternative fuel corridors. The initiative was a huge component in Biden's lie, his goal to have electric vehicles comprise half of all new car sales by the year 2030. My friends, we are into the 2024 model year of cars. That means in six years, suddenly we won't be able to buy gasoline or diesel powered cars anymore. As of this date, about 26 states have taken steps to spend those allocated funds. 17 of those states are currently in the process of soliciting bids, and seven states have issued conditional awards to build new stations. I wonder how many brother-in-laws and cousins are getting those contracts. While Ohio and Hawaii have made progress, Ohio is the only state with a single operating Navy-funded charging station. The first Navy-funded operation opened on December 8th at the Pilot Travel Center on I-70 on the outskirts of Columbus, Ohio. And it has a whopping four EVgo fast chargers. It also has amenities like restrooms, Wi-Fi, and refreshments. Ohio plans to introduce 24 or so more of those by the end of next year, and then another 25 stations in the works in the years afterwards. It's a joke, my friends. 
It is an absolute joke. We're paying people to charge their electric vehicles and we're providing them with comfort and places to relax and rest. It's all a giant bribe. That's okay. I'll continue to get my diesel and drive my diesel truck because I can be in and out with a full take in less than 10 minutes. A full charge at one of these stations after you've waited in line for hours and hours on end. That full charge takes hours and hours on end. Inside EV Global's Patrick George writes, what's at stake if America backs off in the electric vehicle race? Well, Ohio may have built its first electric vehicle charging station with a whopping four chargers. Yesterday's news that Ford Motor Company is going to cut its F-150 Lightning production, that's their electric pickup truck, in half for next year, 2024, appears to be yet another gloom and doom story for the lousy electric vehicle market here in the U.S. Let's face it, it's not an amazing headline for Ford, even if matching supply to demand is a financially smarter play in the near term. But a few other factors are at work here that could make 2024 a tricky year on the electric vehicle front for more than just Ford Motor Company. Oh, it's nice, it's shiny, it's pretty. The Lightning is a good-looking truck, but owners of those trucks have concerns when it comes to towing and hauling, which is why you buy a pickup truck to begin with. Above all, Lightning suffers from the same problem that countless other electric vehicles do. It's just too damned expensive because legacy automakers are struggling to not only make electric vehicles, but try to maintain a profit. Top-selling electric vehicles in the U.S. this year were the Tesla Model 3, the Tesla Model Y, and the Chevy Bolt with a B. Why? <clears throat> in large part, they're cheap. Oh, and by the way, they don't last and they're not very efficient. 2024 will likely be the excuse that many buyers need to wait until every automaker switches to Tesla's NACS port instead of the CCS fast-charging ports that many people use now. Well... I'm going to have to see how the antitrust laws make out on that. Remember when you had a phone charger that looked like a little 3.5 millimeter connector? And then they changed it to a USB um, type connector. And then Apple had their own. And now most of the phone companies out here are using USB-C. It's all about convenience. Someone along the way <clears throat> has to pay the people who made, patented, copyrighted the USB-C port. Anyway, we don't want to get too deep into the weeds on that. If the American auto industry decides wisely to slow down the pursuit of electric vehicles, and I count on it that all automakers with vast American production arms making American-focused cars, including Nissan, Toyota, Volkswagen, does that leave us uncompetitive with the rest of the world? And if so, who cares? If so, who cares? If electric vehicles are going to be the way of the future, in countries like England, Scotland, Ireland, Italy, France, Germany? Who cares? This is the United States of America. Who cares if they have electric vehicles? Their electric grid cannot afford to put electricity in every home. Much less add to that grid nightmare of having to charge a whole pot full of electric vehicles. Car companies are in business to make a profit. To produce an electric car is very, very expensive. Not just the price tag, but having those young children out there digging with their bare hands to get the cobalt and the other minerals needed to make the electric vehicle batteries. 
It is a despicable, disgusting child labor nightmare. And of course, the Biden administration has been lying to you, telling you, oh, buy one of these vehicles. It costs $20,000 more than the gasoline counterpart, but we'll give you $7,500 of credit back on your taxes. Most of the cars sold in the United States do not qualify for the tax breaks, at least not in full. Do you recall last week when I spoke about Representative Elise Stefanik and she questioned the president of University of Pennsylvania, MIT, and Harvard on their stance regarding hate crimes being committed against Jewish people and Jewish supporters on the campuses of those three Ivy League prestigious universities? Well, Stefanik's high-profile assailing of the presidents of Harvard, Penn, and MIT has forced Penn President Liz McGill to resign because of the outcry about her refusing to call the intifada demands of students anti-Semitism. I know that sounds strange, but to call for the entire genocide of the Jewish people on the campus and have the president of the university not only condone it, but support it and refuse to decry it in front of Congress well, Liz McGill deserves to have resigned or been terminated. I have a feeling President Gay of Harvard and the president of MIT will follow suit in resigning. Mitch Daniels is the retired former president of Purdue University. He's a former Republican governor of Indiana. He called it higher education's Bud Light moment. And he would be correct. I, for one, am glad that the double standard and hypocrisy were called out publicly as they were, and now people are paying the price. New York Daily News, Chris Sommerfeld writes, Adams administration sticking with the for-profit migrant shelter contracts amid New York City budget crisis totaling $565 million. The Adams administration in New York City will stick with its plan to give several for-profit companies migrant shelter contracts worth more than 560 million, but plans to make it a priority to enter into cheaper deals with nonprofit providers going forward. All of his buddies making all of that money housing the illegal, criminal, law-breaking, trespassing, invading migrants that have been dumped on his doorstep. There's an article in The Messenger entitled, Why Democrats and Republicans Agree on Migrant Policies. I could go into this entire article, folks, but I won't. The bottom line is, Republicans think that migrants should stay where they are until they are legally lawfully vetted and then a quota system. How many people can we actually afford and what do those people bring to the table is considered. Democrats want to continue the bribery scheme known as welcome to the United States. Joe Biden says, come on in. Remember to vote D for Democrat or we're going to find a way to deport you. D for Democrat or we're going to find a way to send you back. That's reality. Fox News has a video out there with Steve Scalise. It says the White House is trying to keep the public from seeing the facts. I agree with you, Representative Scalise. The next headline, read the email that Hasbro CEO sent to employees after massive layoffs. Massive layoffs? I thought Joe Biden was bringing jobs back and we were on the right track. UAW, the United Auto Workers president, addresses expected layoffs at their Toledo Assembly Complex. Wait a minute. I thought Joe Biden was bringing jobs back. 
Uh, we'll have to get into these and other articles on the next edition of the Truth Hurts program, for we are out of time. Go out there and make it a great day, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye now. Well, howdy, friends. This here's the Colonel. Y'all know I can't say my full name on account of I still don't want to get sued by the giant corporation that controls every aspect of my post-death existence. But I ain't here to talk about lawyers and courtrooms. <laughs> That's all for Mr. Trump and his lawyers to deal with. I'm here today because you're broke and you don't want to admit it. The cost of turkey and fixings is up this year again, all thanks to another white-haired, white-privileged multimillionaire. You know the feller, Joe Biden. His economy basically sucks and you're paying the price. He'll pardon one turkey this year, but he won't pardon Donald, and your tax dollars will pay for him and all of his cartel members, er, 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 crime family, to feast like royalty this year at dinner while you dig into couch cushions for enough change to hopefully get a small bird and some stuffing. Well, that's a shame. This year, my friends, the Colonel has a special deal that you might want to consider. We've been piling up all those chicken necks and livers and eyeballs and gizzards and brains and even some chicken feet all year long in our warehouses. And instead of boiling them all down for dog food, we've decided to help out all the victims of Bidenomics. For a limited time, we're cooking down all those chicken parts, tossing in some of our famous spices and herbs and a little bit of gelatin. And then we're using a giant chicken nugget extruder to push out the Colonel's special fowl loaf just in time for your holiday feast. We can shape it like a turkey if you like, with some of our gravy powder sprinkled on top, your fowl loaf can almost look like a baked turkey. So come on down to one of our chicken joints and order your fowl loaf just in time for your holiday feast. Sure, illegal immigrants will eat better in those fancy hotels in New York City, but that's just a sacrifice you'll have to make for being a taxpaying American citizen. This here's a colonel saying bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening. Copyright 2024, The Truth Hurts Program Network, all rights reserved. Background music, Jason Shaw and Audionautics.